Hello and welcome to Techka Masala, a technology podcast with an Indian perspective. This is episode number 26, a complete special episode dedicated to Windows 7. I'm your host Aditya and along with me, this time, I have a Windows 7 expert. I have Manan Kakkar with me. Hi Manan. Hi Aditya. So thanks a lot for being here. Just to give you a background as to why we are doing this is because I've been getting a lot of email from our listeners about about Windows 7. Okay, Vista was a big failure, so everyone is talking about Windows 7 as a big thing. Okay, um, yeah. So so what we thought about was instead of answering questions in ones and twos and as they come in, why don't we just do a special episode dedicated to Windows 7? All right. So. Oh. Uh, so I'll, I, I thought I, I mostly use a Mac. All right, I, okay. I did install the RC one on a Windows on on my on a personal computer, but never got to use it regularly. If you know what I mean, and yeah. so I just wanted to get a an, a Windows expert to give his insights, etc. Um, I twittered out and got your reference. Well, I do know a bit about Windows. Yeah, so the, the the pressure is on you, okay? So, <laughs> okay. And, and and even if you don't know things, this is just a tip, okay? Even if you don't know things, just pretend to be an expert for the next thirty or forty minutes. Already, okay, pe- pe- people can hardly tell the difference. Uh, sure. So so to tell you a bit more about Manan himself, he is one of the few Microsoft's most valuable professionals. Now this sounds very exotic, okay? What exactly is Microsoft MVP as they say Okay Microsoft MVP was a program that has been going on for uh, quite a few years uh, it's been around I think for around 10 years so what Microsoft does is you know Windows has a very large user base and uh, Microsoft support is not the all the only whole and soul uh, set of uh, employees or the source which people go to for support and who you know kind of help out people who write yeah. guides and uh, support the OS and all other products so you have forums where uh, there are a lot of enthusiasts who are pretty active you have offline events where by the community where there are speakers who talk about microsoft products who are not microsoft employees or microsoft partners so microsoft decided to show such enthusiast some appreciation and for that they started awarding a certain number of people the microsoft most valuable professional award so this is an award and not a certificate which is you know you sit down and you give an exam and then you can get it but it's an award that is uh, scrutinized by a lot of people within microsoft's uh, mvp team so there's an entire division the most valuable professional uh-huh. team that uh, you know kind of goes through some some of the forums the blogs and offline communities and then they figure out okay this guy has been quite active so then they you know kind of uh, reward them for their uh, enthusiasm and support that they provide to everyone around that's awesome man this program is so so basically it is uh, an official program from microsoft to appreciate you know not not i, I wouldn't like to call you guys fanboys but pe- people who know about the system and are willing to help other people out in in exchange exactly. for nothing exactly so you know fanboys some of some of us are fanboys but that is again you know kind of a perception that people have so but then yep most of the mvps that you find will be you know comfortable with most technology we 
uh, MVPs usually are technology enthusiasts who have hands-on experience on products and you know who've tried out various uh, tricks and uh, various combinations and they can help out others. So that's what the whole MVP program is about. Cool man, good. And and how long have you been doing this? How long have you been the been a Microsoft MVP now? I was awarded the MVP in uh, July of this year. So and you are only like what 22, 23 years old. Uh, yep, there. I think there was a MVP who was a bit younger than me as well. So oh, really? From from India itself. So, yep. Uh, around India, you know, people think that uh, even though our internet connections aren't that great, but uh, online contribution from Indians has been to a very uh, you know good extent, and Microsoft has started realizing this. And we have a quite good number of MVPs from India itself. So there are around less than. 5,000 MVPs across the globe as of now. Okay, there are some 4,800 people or people who have the MVP award. And India has a good uh, contribution within that number. That's good, man. That's great to know. I mean, and, and so so Windows 7 has been coming up. Are you, are you, you know, was the excitement palpable within the community at least? And, were, you know, were you guys really looking forward to it? it it's been out now for a couple of weeks. Uh, Windows 7 launched on 20 October 22nd. Did you yes. did, did you host a Windows 7 launch party by the way? Yes, uh, we did host a launch party, but we held it uh, at a much larger scale as compared to one of the house parties that were being done. We held the Mumbai community, the offline community. We had a party for Windows 7's launch where we had you know regular users, consumers, and not uh, tech. Uh, uh, not the IT crowd. We invited right. a lot of regular users to come over and have a hands-on feel and experience what all Windows 7 has to offer. The party was attended by, you know, we had a, a limited entry of like 125 to 130 people. We ended up with having around 150 people. Uh -huh. So, and everyone was quite excited, you know, kind of looking at Windows 7, trying it out, the touch interface, etc., the Aero. People yeah. actually loved uh, Windows 7, whatever they saw, from whatever feedback we got. So, so it was great. And, and, uh, I feel sad. When when did this happen? Where did this happen? How come, uh, How where does one go and sign up or follow what is happening, uh, you know, uh, in, in India related to Microsoft or Windows, etc.? So this, was, this happened on uh, Saturday. Uh, that was, I think, 24th of October. And uh, we had it in Bandra Boat Club. So it was, you know, we didn't have uh, one of those regular sessions where you have one speaker giving a demo and, you know, like that. We right. had it in a club. It was a party for everyone. Food and drinks were there. So everyone enjoyed it. And the basic promotion was done via Twitter itself. So, and since it wasn't an official Microsoft event, we were backed by Microsoft, of course, but this was more of a community initiative right. by the MVPs and other tech enthusiasts. Oh, so, next time, next time I'll make sure I, I attend one of these things. Okay. So now I, now I feel too you. bad of, for not. I'll, I'll, of course, I'll let you know. I'll give you an invite way beforehand. Awesome, that'll be great. Okay, let's get directly into Windows Seven. Let's start talking dirty about Windows Seven now. I mean, get our hands dirty, not talking dirty. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that just came out very bad, right? Um, but uh, so Windows 7, 7 as of now is not available off the shelf, uh, at least in India. Uh, they're, they're sorting a few pricing related issues is what, what I've been told. But, you know, suppose I, if, if Windows 7 was, uh, was available in retail, uh, 
how okay. do i ensure that my pc actually or my machine my laptop actually supports it because people had huge problems with vista with installing vista sure so here's the thing okay the pricing issue is there were some uh, sales uh, sales tax and uh, some tax uh, issues with regards to you know packaged software the new terms and conditions in the budget or something like that so it's uh, held up the the dvds have are in india but they you know stuck up with the customs so as far as coming to your question about how do people come to know whether their pcs are compatible with windows 7 any pc that runs windows vista pretty well will run windows 7 without an issue so that's you know from my experience and from what i've heard netbooks run windows 7 flawlessly well oh is that so Yep, uh, netbooks. I mean, Asus EEPC and a couple of other netbooks. My friends have tried it out. They've installed Windows 7. It was a breeze. Okay, so Microsoft has also launched a tool, which is known as the Windows 7 Upgrade Advisor. So you can run the tool on your uh, PC. You can just download it and run it on your PC, and it will give you a report that uh, you know if you have less hard disk space or RAM or something like that, it will let you know about that. But from my personal experience, if you have a PC that has around uh, One gig of RAM and uh, 500 GB hard disk will even will run. Preferably, I'd say 2 GB plus. Windows 7 will, you know, kind of uh, run very smoothly. And these are things that are based on what I've uh, heard and what I've seen and what I've tried out on Windows 7. So yeah. maybe we can give the tool a download link uh, in the show notes. Yeah, sure, man. Let's do that. That that's a good idea. Now, now. Uh, you mentioned Vista that machines that are running Vista will easily run Windows 7, but people hardly went to Vista. Most of the people I know are still on Windows XP because of of the disaster that X uh, Vista was. So uh, you you mentioned one you recommend around 2 GB memory and you know uh, probably uh, a, 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 a CPU that has come out in the past one year or so people should be okay with that. Yeah, they should be pretty fine with the uh, uh, processor that's come out in around the in the past one year or two years. I've even tried it on a P4. It did work, but uh, that was around way too less RAM. So this was that was just a random exper- uh, experiment that I was doing as to how low I could go. So it go it runs on older hardware as well. But you know to so that people actually uh, be able to experience Windows. properly and you know experience the pc rather than you know me saying that experience windows 7 experience their pc as more usable would be you know having a good amount of hardware because you can't say that you know i want the best of the software and you don't have a sufficient and decent yeah. amount of hardware that doesn't work in this industry so you know you got to have software and hardware complementing each other so that's how i feel and and especially with uh, the the environment that microsoft has chosen to operate where they don't manufacture any of the hardware uh, and and you know it's it's not like apple right they make the exactly. hardware they make the software and they both exactly. are tweak to work together but yahan pe thoda alag hai microsoft has to cater to a larger audience you know there are so many vendors there are so many manufacturers of pcs so microsoft has to figure out a way they have to work with them to figure out okay these uh, these are the specifications of the current amount of hardware that is there and you know kind of make yeah. it work like that so the entire ecosystem is different as compared to what apple works in yeah support so many drivers from each oem and it's just a pain exactly it's a hassle it's a hassle yeah. then but but then now now tell me 
you know, I, I let, let's presume that you were moved from XP to Vista. What is the most notable difference? Of course, the UI looks, you know, radically different. Uh, XP XP looks like a toy in front of have now. Uh, but yeah, yeah. feature-wise, you know, feature-wise, what is different? Uh, I usually, you know, I've been asked this question a couple of times, and I usually say that uh, to answer it, I simply say that, you know what, XP is a six-year-old OS. It has had yeah. and lived its time. Okay, it's time to move on. It's time to upgrade. There have been significant changes in technology. So the first thing, as you said, is the UI change. The UI has changed drastically. I mean, they have Aero, etc. But then even within while you're using the OS, you figure out, you know, there are some little neat little features tucked in away as the search. Now, of course, you have add-ons to bring desktop search in XP also. Yeah. But the thing is, a native feature it works quite differently as compared to an add-on. For example, Spotlight is an Apple product within OS X itself. So that works quite well. Similarly, when Windows in Vista and uh, Windows 7, the inbuilt search is uh, is as a feature and yeah. they've, they've improved it even from uh, Vista and it's quite snappy to use. Even the whole OS, you know, when you open your My Computer, etc., you've got a lot of different uh, uh, your navigation has changed. One of the one of the fun features in Windows 7 is device stage. So a lot of people uh, have a lot of uh, extra devices that they connect to their PC now. So something like printers, cell phones, wireless mouse, Xbox controllers, game controllers, etc. So there's this new window that is called as device stage. So when whatever extra hardware that you plugged into your PC. All of that is stuck into that one window. So you can see all of those devices in that one window. For example, if I have connected a wireless mouse, my Xbox controller, and a printer. So this window will show all of that. And then I can control that hardware from that win one window itself. And if I want to go into my mouse properties, I can open that window, right-click, and go into the properties and set it and uh, you know configure my mouse from there itself. Uh, similarly, you know, if you want to print pages or you want to change your uh, printer settings, you can do from that one window. So it kind of brings all your hardware together in one window, which makes it very easy to use. Plus, they've got uh, uh, the thing about uh, the neat thing about device stages is now I don't know how many hardware, or how many vendors support it, but let's say if you have a Motorola phone, so if you plug in your Motorola or your Nokia phone, the icon in device stages will be of your particular model. Oh, uh, that's great. Okay, and plus it goes one step further. So if you you know you can uh, open that window, and uh, if you want to say let's say you want to copy or move your media files, you can do that from that window itself. If you've uh, if you've copied a couple of songs, then you want to change your ringtone. So you get a ringtone editor within that window itself. So you know kind of open your song there, uh, trim it, and set it as your ringtone from within Windows itself. And this but, is built into Windows Seven. Yes, this is built into Windows So I don't, 7. I don't need to install any of those manufacturer-provided softwares and uh, you know Nokia that provide Nokia provides and Motorola provides. I can do it all within Windows Seven. Yes, and Windows at the back end will download the required uh, suites of software that is required for that uh, phone or whatever. But but let me make this clear: uh, this feature is not supported by all phones as of now. Slowly, slowly, you know, hardware manufacturers like Nokia, etc., are coming up with this. I've seen Motorola phones. Uh, I've seen Motorola phones being supported by device stage. I've seen a couple of Nokia phones being supported on device stage. So now this is like Microsoft has provided this facility in Windows, 
now it's up to the vendors to you know kind of make use of it and uh, give a better experience to their consumers oh that's great and you you also mentioned this aero thing what is this aero thing about because people using xp who spend their life using xp don't know about aero so what do i get yeah. out of it so aero was a transparency based ui that was introduced in vista so in vista it didn't do much other than you know bring transparency into the window borders etc so that was all what aero, aero was uh, in vista in windows 7 they've actually made uh, you know they've added features that uh, make use of aero and uh, give a better experience for the user so now let's uh, take for example in windows vista and windows xp we had that uh, little icon in the quick launch bar called show desktop so whenever yeah. we used to click on it all the windows would minimize and we could see our desktop so in windows 7 what microsoft has done is you know in the right uh, bottom right corner of your window there is a small bar so if you take him uh, if you take your cursor to that uh, small bar your and all the windows that are open go transparent so you can directly see your desktop oh and if you click on it all the windows will minimize but if you if you just carry your mouse over there and hover it above that button all your windows on the de- uh, all your windows go transparent you can see your desktop so plus uh, the new super bar that they call the start bar which is now renamed to super bar super bar yep so if you have multiple windows open now let's say for windows explorer you have a number of windows explorer windows open like my computer and some other folder and some other folder so there's explorer will be one icon of explorer so you carry your mouse over to that uh, wing of the uh, carry your mouse on that uh, icon and it will show you different tabs of that uh, you know it will show you small previews of those windows okay. and uh, you can just uh, hover your mouse on any of these uh, windows and it will uh, you know make everything else transparent and only highlight that one window oh now now if you if you see man and what the, the, all the things that you have mentioned most of the things from a mac perspective you know a, a mac fanboy will say so what you know mac has already has had this for quite some time but it's True. a it's a big move for for the windows guys isn't it exactly the thing is you know mac comes with a lot of other baggage you know now everybody doesn't own a mac a mac user of course his perspective has been quite different ever since os 10 was introduced with os 10 apple improved a lot in the ui yeah. so ever since they've been consistent similarly with windows vista microsoft brought in an entirely new ui and with windows 7 they've made uh, enhancements into that ui that makes it much more better to use and make it makes it more better to feel so but again aero is a feature that is available not available in home basically starter editions right. it's a part of the home premium professional and ultimate that is another thing now since you are talking about versions Yeah. you know there are six versions if i'm not are there more i i know i know that vista had like 7 8 10 something like that and now they've cut it down and we have six now okay so the the way microsoft works as far as windows uh, editions go as you know we talked about this that windows has a much larger user base as compared to what apple has so and there are a lot of times that you know if uh, now let's take for example if there's a friend of mine now he is just a computer user he's not a nerd he's not too paranoid about having a lot of security features he he just wants an os for his house right. so 
with a lot of media functionality because media watching video editing photographs etc are part of digital experience so when microsoft has made different versions to suit different needs as for talking about india there are i'll talk about how many editions are there that you can actually buy okay so you can buy the home basic edition from you know shops you can actually buy them or you can buy home basic you can buy home premium you can buy professional and ultimate okay these are four versions that you can buy okay besides that there are going to be some computers from uh, the different manufacturers that will be come uh, that will be coming bundled with starter edition so whoa, 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 what what is the starter edition now uh the starter edition was uh, introduced for uh, you know developing countries and uh, low end consumer markets you know where uh, people just need the os and they don't need the fancy uh, aero and all the fancy yeah. media center etc 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 so the thing was ever since uh, in uh, the starter edition of windows vista and the normal edition of windows vista had a lot of feature differences but the windows 7 starter edition and the windows 7 home basic edition don't really have a lot of difference amongst them other than of course you know uh, having a different separate product helps microsoft price it accordingly yeah. and uh, you know make uh, certain uh, tax arrangements so that the os is sold at a rate that it's meant for oh and and then there are, i think there are also a few restrictions in the starter editions or at least uh, there were restrictions that you can run only three simultaneously there were yeah so that was the difference between windows vista starter edition and the windows vista normal edition but uh, halfway down when uh, during the beta period and the rc period of windows 7 microsoft got a lot of feedback stating that you know what this three app limit is too risky to have it it's yeah. uh, stupid so yeah. microsoft has dropped the three amp limit and therefore i say that you know in terms of functionality the starter and home basic don't have a lot of difference oh now 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 tell me now now that we have gone through the features the versions now actually let's get on to the computer and how easy is this thing to install uh installing okay now from windows 98 to windows vista to windows 7 and in between xp so you know they have made uh, a lot of uh, attempts to reduce the user uh, interaction with the you know like every time clicking next and entering the date etc so they've dropped all of that and now you just have to you know kind of the initial stage you have to run the setup select uh-huh. which drive you want to install it whether you want to do a fresh install or an upgrade and just let it do on its own and uh, it will do everything once the installation is done only after that is the user required to you know enter the date and uh, his name etc so the installation uh, as an experience is pretty uh, you know minus the user if i may say so it will uh, do on its own and the other neat little uh, the, uh, the ability that windows 7 has is you know if you install it via a usb drive okay you can do the uh, the installation completes within a uh, 15 to 20 minute period on a fresh on a fresh pc even the dvd and the usb drive the installation happens within a period of uh, 15 to 25 minutes that's it oh that's great and you you know but most of us are probably going to go for upgrades and uh, what i have heard last the last time i did my you know the the machine that i was using uh, it took a while 
for the upgrade to happen but you know given that it was i had a lot of data on that machine so in that case upgrading will probably be slow but that depends on how much data you already have on your machine correct uh true so now okay here's a little thing that needs to be disting, uh, distinguished between from xp to windows 7 you cannot use the upgrade paths within the uh, within the setup installation a direct upgrade is only supported between a vista machine and a windows 7 machine so an upgrade uh, in this sense means that if you were to upgrade your vista machine to windows 7 you don't have to reinstall all your apps and you know kind of juggle your data from one drive to another it will just upgrade the operating system keeping all your software keeping all your data as it was in vista however okay. in xp uh, they do not support uh, an uh, in path upgrade as it is called from xp to vista so but xp uh, but they uh, there are tools that can help you to move from xp to windows 7 uh one of the tools is the migration tool so what the migration tool does is it will back up all your settings and uh, if you, you can define what all data you want so it will back up all of that and you can copy that onto one drive or an external drive or an external source keep it install windows 7 this would be a fresh install install windows 7 and then using windows 7 migration tool restore all the backed up uh, data and all the backed up settings but that will not get the software as well it yeah uh, no you'll have to have install your software okay well. so in case of windows xp you got to uninstall the software again but for vista upgrades you don't need to you do don't. that you don't yeah all right so that is what people have to keep in mind okay i'll get exactly. that back cool yeah. so, uh, now is there is there any any software that you know of that isn't compatible with windows 7 as of now compared to xp or uh, vista uh from my experience uh, anything that works on vista works fine on windows 7 there were uh, there was a slight problem with nero a couple of friends had faced but then i guess nero has released a patch or an update for it so plus uh, the uh, compatibility tool that has been coming along with xp vista and 7 has been improved in windows 7 or as microsoft claims that they've improved it so you can uh, you know kind of uh, run that software in the compatibility mode which is one way to do it and the second way is if you are like uh, let's say if you're working in an organization or in a small company there are a lot of time that you have legacy applications yeah. so so what microsoft has done is they're making uh they made available xp mode okay so it's a virtual xp uh, Uh, machine so you just have to and it's a free download for professional and ultimate users so you just go to microsoft.com/windows/i think virtual pc and you can download uh, this pack which is around i think the xp machine would be around 450 mb or something so what this does is you can run an xp machine within windows 7 and install all your apps on that machine and uh, you know you can run all your older legacy applications in that so it's it's like a virtualization it's like a virtualized yes. xp mode that you have there yes yes true and the uh, thing is you again there is a caution uh, you got to make sure that uh, your hardware your processor supports uh, hardware assisted virtualization there right. are tools to check that out and if you are uh, and uh, 
most of the Pentium processors, most of the Intel processors support it. The ones that came out in the past uh, year or two, they all support hardware assisted virtualization. Mm-hmm. So you can install a proper full-blown Windows XP on within Windows 7, and you know you can uh, run your legacy and older applications within that itself. That's good, man. That's cool. The, all all this sounds all this sounds very nice and very true to very un-Microsoft-like experience. But this time they really have managed to create a good experience now, right? Exactly. So, you know, there was a lot of beating down that was handed over to Microsoft because of Vista, you know, and OS X Leopard uh, was pretty successful in marketing itself and, you know, convincing users to stay on and bringing in new users. So Microsoft had to get its act together and they have actually, you know, they've taken a lot of user input into consideration. There have been consistent changes in features from the beta to the RC to the final product. So so they so, are actually listening to you guys now? They're exactly. actually they, uh, are, yeah. are listening, taking the feedback and making changes? Yeah, this is one of the things. Okay, So the, tech, uh, the technical engineers who were working on uh, Windows 7, you know, they started, uh, they started their own uh, blog which is called Engineering 7. And, uh, you know, they used to talk about uh, certain features or certain set of features that they were planning to implement in Windows 7 or how they have implemented them in Windows 7. And then there used to be, like, a huge number of comments from, uh, you know, enthusiasts talking about that feature or making sure that, you know, what changed this or that. And and they've taken all of that into consideration. So, yep, in that sense, Microsoft has actually gone out to the customer this time, you know, to ask them how you want your windows to be and they've launched a campaign also for that so, now now yeah. i'm I, you know we'll, let's just digress uh, a bit not a lot okay but what changed at microsoft was it a new guy who came in and it said that you know we got to listen to people and and put in all these things uh what changed microsoft was uh, I mean, after every Windows version or every major software release, there are some structural changes that happen in Microsoft itself. They're happening now also since 7 has released. But the thing was, uh, with uh, Windows, uh, after Windows Vista, there were two men who, you know, kind of who were in charge of Windows 7. One was Steven Sinofsky and the other one is John Devan. Now, both of these people are, you know, well-respected within the organization itself and Mm. by enthusiasts also. And... uh, these guys uh, have delivered in the past. I'm not really sure, but if I'm not wrong, Steven Sinofsky was a major part of the Xbox? Microsoft Office team also. Oh, okay. Okay. So now these guys, uh, I'm not really sure about that, but I've read uh, somewhere that he was associated with the Office team. So now these guys, you know, they divided what they wanted to do in a very well-structured manner. Huh. So right from the get-go, you know, they weren't... Uh, those little haphazard things that this one man will be, you know, kind of doing this or that and that. It was very well structured. Plus, you know, there was a lot of, when Vista was released, there was a lot of other issues that were uh, also in play. So with Windows 7, the entire team within Microsoft, under these two people, now they are two very good leaders, now John Devan and Steven Sinofsky. And there are even, you know, rounds within Enthusiasm, Steven Sinovsky should be brought into the Windows mobile team because that's one product that is kind of, you know... Yeah, yeah where Microsoft is getting... Yeah, where Microsoft yeah, is getting its, it. its backside handed to it. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, so let's see what happens, man. Now, 
Now tell me, going back to the versioning question, okay? Yeah. In in very simple language, if okay. I, if you were to recommend uh, a person who just uses, uh, the, you know, who wants to use his computer just to browse the internet, do his email, do some uh, okay. office work, yeah. and all those things, yeah. which version should he be choosing? And and uh, the, then then we we'll also then talk about, uh, you know, for a high end user, for a gamer like person. Which version should he go? I I just suggest uh, for the user that you described, I suggest Home Premium. I think uh, for my dad, I had uh, he was using Windows Vista Home Premium for a very long time, and he was quite comfortable with it. You know, his office work and uh, home entertainment was pretty good for him. So, for that user, I suggest Windows Home Premium. Windows Seven Home Premium is a pretty good OS. It will suffice for all your needs. It's got Media Center. It's got Hero. It looks good, and uh, yeah. So home premium is is the best bet for most people then. For most people, exactly. For most people. For most people, great. How now? Tell me how. What is the experience like uh, with uh, home networking and all those things? You know, how if if I have multiple PCs, me and my brother, um, how easy is it to share files between uh, our PCs using? Uh, okay. So one of the features that uh, Microsoft has introduced, which wasn't a part of XP or even Vista, is called as Home Group. Hmm. Okay, so when you set up your, when you install Windows 7 on your PC, it asks uh, after the installation, it asks you, you know, whether you want to create set up a home group uh, on this machine or not. So you can set up a home group, and what it does is it allows you to share and stream your media between PCs that are within the home group. So you'll get a security key. Hmm. When you set up a home group on your PC, you'll, you'll get a security key that you have to enter in the other computers. Oh. And, you know, you can uh, easily share and stream media from one PC to the other. So if I have, uh, let's say if I have my desktop with Windows 7 and I've created a home group and uh, I store all my movies and my songs on that desktop, hmm. on my laptop when I'm at home, I can listen to all that media being streamed from my desktop itself. Oh, that's cool. The thing is, they made it, uh, it was, you know, you could do it by going into your setting up your network and uh, yeah. doing it manually. But painful. Uh, they've, they've, it was a painful process, exactly. So they've made it very easy and it's not, uh, you don't need to, you know, call up the geek in your family and tell him that, you know, how do I set the IT and how do I do this and that. Right. Anyone can do it. That's all. That That's good to know. And I hope, you know, networking between Mac and a PC is also as simple. I have heard that uh, there have been improvements on that end. I've got a couple of friends who use Mac, but they still cry. But <laughs> You can't satisfy everyone now, can yeah, you? Yeah. yeah, and you got to yeah. leave something for the next version too. Exactly, you can't have everything in one version. Right. Now, now tell me, you know, the, the, the just putting out a plain old OS is now passe, right? you got to put in some other softwares that will help you manage your photos or video or do some home video editing on all those things. So Mac started it probably. Okay. Yeah, now, I guess so, yeah. Has, has Microsoft, Microsoft has picked up on that as well. Uh, yeah, so here's the thing. Okay, now up until Vista, there used to be a mail client called Windows Mail. There used to be Windows Movie Maker. 
as a part of the OS itself. You know, right. when you used to install it, you used to get that. Hmm. But what happened was a lot of people were using Outlook or some other mail client. So, you know, they were like, you know what, I don't want this Windows mail application. Why is it just staying there? Since hmm. it was a default application, you know, people were like, I don't want it. Plus, it restricted Microsoft to add functionality to that program because, you know, it's it's a program and you can't add it, add features to it until unless, you know, you kind of come up with a new version of the OS altogether. Right. So with Windows 7 Plus, there are a lot of, uh, you know, Microsoft keeps getting hammered by legal issues for bundling stuff. <laughs> yeah. So all that keeps happening. So what Microsoft decided to do was they decided to uh, segregate the certain software in a suite called Windows uh, Live Essentials. Hmm. Okay, so now Live Essentials consists of a photo gallery, a live photo gallery, a live movie maker, live messenger, Windows Live Writer, which is a blogging tool, uh, there's family safety, and I think there are one, a couple of more softwares in it. So all of that will not be installed when you install an OS. All of this is available for free download. So now what... This has actually allowed Microsoft to do is, and you know, as users, we can actually see the difference. Uh, now Microsoft can refresh all of these uh, six or seven software at a rate faster than what an OS is refreshed to. You know, so they can keep on adding functionality, adding features, uh, fixing these software much faster. So right. all of this won't come in bundled. But Microsoft has deals with a lot of OEM PCs. So if you were to go to buy, if you were to go and buy a Dell machine, uh, Dell will install most of this stuff already on your PC and they'll give it. But if you buy a retail copy of Windows and install it on your PC, you won't get all of this installed. But you'll have to download this. So it's available as a free download on. Yeah, it's available as a free download. Well, that's good. Now those those were the questions that we, you know, I had. Um, yeah, as as, as uh, very basic questions that everyone wants to know about. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. I forgot about the security part. How can exactly. we, how big, can we big part, you know, yeah, big part of Microsoft. So how is how is Windows Seven on that front? Okay, now this is one of the things that I you know usually tell people when they compare XP and Windows Vista and Windows Seven. I say that you know what XP has been beaten to death. I mean the hackers, the crackers, they know the inside out of XP, huh. and it's and yeah. So it's a fact. I mean no one can deny that. But with Windows Seven, there have been a lot of improvements over that. Plus, with Windows 7's release, Microsoft has come out with a tool that's Security Essentials. Uh, that's a free antivirus software from Microsoft itself. Yeah. Okay, so Windows 7 and Windows Vista had a Defender, which was an anti-malware program that came along with the OS also. But uh, now they've given you a free antivirus program that you can download and install. And it's a pretty good uh, antivirus. Okay? It's not like uh, the earlier attempts that Microsoft made. It's a pretty good uh, antivirus and uh, program, and it doesn't consume resources like you know the other antivirus program. Can, and to be honest, I, from one computer user to another, if you have Norton installed, get rid of it. Oh, is that so? Yeah. If you, uh, you know, a Norton, a 30-day trial period comes along with pretty much all the PCs. You know, if you were to buy a Windows HP machine or a Dell machine, you'll get Norton installed already. Yeah. And bulk of the Windows problems that, uh, you know, a user faces is because of all of this uh, crapware that is installed already on a new PC. Yeah. Yep. So, 
If you have Norton, get rid of it. If you have McAfee, get rid of it. Use ESET NOT32 or Security Essentials, whatever. This is a user's advice to another user. And uh, one, another feature that Microsoft introduced in Windows 7 is bit locking your pen drives. Right. Like a bit locker, bit locker was a feature introduced in Vista, but that was only for hard drives and, uh, you know, uh, hard drives. It encrypts your data and enables you to, you know, access that with uh, uh, only with a certain passcode. Right. And it can't be accessed by anyone by con connecting it to the PC. So this was uh, only for uh, hard disks as far as Windows Vista was concerned, but with Windows 7, they've come up with BitLocker to go. So you know you can uh, encrypt your pen drives, and uh, it actually you know kind of works. So and as uh, one of the things is if you have a bit if you bit lock a pen drive, you can read it on an older XP machine. So if you you know you wonder that uh, what happens if I encrypt my hard pen drive using Windows 7? Yeah. Can I be uh, will I be able to use it on an XP machine? Yes, you will be, but it will only be in a read only mode. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah. So you can do that. All right. So then, Manan, so from you, this is a, a must upgrade because for the, the reason I ask you is because recently Snow Leopard came out and people were saying, you know, there's not much in it. You know, you can do without upgrading uh, to Snow Leopard. True, but, true. but in case of Windows 7, you have to go there. I'll say that, you know, Windows 7 has got a very positive response from across the industry. Uh, you know, even Windows Vista, when it was launched, it had a lukewarm welcome from a lot of people. But Windows 7, hands down, has had a successful, positive response from everyone who's adopted it, who's tried it out. So XP, as I said initially, it's a six-year-old OS. If you want the best out of your hardware, etc., and you know your security, etc. You should move on to Windows 7. Windows Vista users should move on to Windows 7 because your PC will be more snappy and will be more responsive. So yeah, and yeah, gamers. Okay, we forgot gamers. Yeah, gamers. Yeah, are all the games compatible with with Windows 7? They don't have to run in Windows XP mode and all of those things. Be okay. uh, most of them are compatible with Windows 7. Uh, as I said, whatever works in Vista works in Windows 7. And uh, the thing is, they've introduced DirectX 11 huh. in Windows yeah. 7, so which is also, I think, available for Vista users to upgrade to, but that's a platform upgrade. Uh, but DirectX 11 as a feature, and I've seen some of the screenshots, hmm. uh, those games look really, really, really beautiful on the PC. And unlike, uh, you know, when DirectX 10 came out, there were some issues as to, you know, you'll, you'll require DirectX 10 compatible hardware to run it. But uh, for DirectX 11, it's more of a software upgrade. So your DirectX 10 card will support DirectX 11. Oh, well, that's good. That's good to know that everyone has been taken care of uh, with this version. And uh, so th that's about it. What Before we end, what do you think about the latest Mac versus PC ad, if you have seen that? You know, I mean, Microsoft uh, has been saying that this is the best version of Windows ever. Right. Uh, I think uh, it's not more than Microsoft. It's the people who you know keep on uh, who keep reviewing technology. It's those people who you know given a hands uh, thumbs up to Microsoft and saying that you know this is the best OS uh, Microsoft has come up with. And as for the Mac versus PC ads, the latest one that has been uh, that came out by Apple. I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, they had, they had to react, right? They had to come. Yeah, they had to react, but you know. Uh, 
I used to enjoy those ads initially, but now they've become very repetitive. And uh, you know, as uh, the uh, as uh, the editor of TechCrunch, Michael Arrington said, yeah. that you know, Apple fix snow my fix my snow leopard first, and then and bash Windows. Yeah, started. then then so, start taking shots at others, right? Yeah, and I've heard from a lot of corners that you know, when snow leopard is Apple's vista, so all the best <laughs> Apple. It is. It is even even. Yeah, people are having huge data loss problems, man. I mean, there's this exactly. bug going out. Ridiculous. So they have their own shit to take care of while Microsoft exactly. Microsoft is on its honeymoon period right now. Uh, exactly. So let's see until, when is Windows, is Windows 8 already in planning? Uh, yes, Windows 8 is already in planning. There have been structural changes within Microsoft. And, uh, you know, if you go to enthusiast blogs, etc., you can check out that there have been, uh, you know, uh, job positions, uh, advertisements, and requirements from Microsoft that are hinting towards a lot of features that will be coming up in Windows 8. So yes, that's good. That now, uh, what yeah. I heard was they were going to going to overall the complete uh, file system. Is that true? Uh, I think most of that is uh, still speculation. I don't really think they'll be changing the entire file system. But from what I see, 64-bit would be getting a lot of push with the next version of uh, yeah. Windows. Yeah, 32-bit uh, 32, 32 is getting old now. That that is another question. That that's you, it's, I'm glad that you brought this one up. Just demystify this 32-64-bit. What should users go for? Okay, so if you have a, if you have a processor that is 64-bit compatible, I'd say install 64-bit because that is where the future is. You know, a lot of uh, initially with Windows Vista and in XP time, there weren't applications that would uh, that could you know make use of the entire 64-bit uh, architecture. Yeah. But now all of that is also being sorted out. Uh, most of the prominent softwares have the 64-bit editions and you can actually make use of more than 4 GB RAM. Hmm. Pretty good. Okay, so if you if you if your machine is capable of running 64-bit, you should move to 64-bit. That would be my advice. Right. So that is the basic difference. 32-bit operating system can can cannot take uh, cannot handle more than 4 uh, uh, yeah. GB more of RAM. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to 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 you know, people like me, that is what exactly. that is how I differentiate it. Right. Yeah, the basic difference, you know, to anyone would be that, you know, more than 3.5 GB, 4 GB of RAM, uh, 32-bit OS cannot make use of it. Yeah. Okay. So, good. I, I hope that we have, you know, answered the very basic questions about Windows 7. Now, this subject is such that we we can probably start a new podcast series for all, you know, about Windows sure. and Microsoft technologies. But sure. let's see. Let's see. It's been fun talking to you, Manan. And yeah, where can people fun. find you? Where can people read you? How can people uh, keep in touch okay, with so you? Okay, so I so I am on Twitter. My handle is Manan M A N A N, and I also regularly blog on beingmanan.com where I write a lot about you know I write guides about uh, Windows and uh, some of the new stuff that uh, you know the new speculation and whatever comes up. So I blog on uh, beingmanan.com and I Twitter on Manan. So yeah, good. That's great. Thanks a lot. And again, if you have uh, further questions about Windows 7, you can always log on to www.theindicast.com and leave a comment for us in the form of a question. And, you know, Manan will probably get back to you or we'll try or I'll get back to you. 
but manan will be a better authority on those on on these things okay so i'll i'll get him to i'll pester him into answering those questions that you might have sure 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 uh, you can also send an email to um, you know techkamasala@theindicast.com with your questions and um, follow me don't forget to follow me on twitter as well i am at @ishmathre and manan is manan m a n a n that's about it guys thanks a lot bye bye gul ಗಣೇಶ ಲಂಬೋದರ ಸೋಹೆ ಭುಜಾಚಾರ ಏಕದಂತ ಚಂದ್ರಮಾಲ ಲಾಟ ರಾಧೆ ಬ್ರಹ